that sentence out of context, probably our cold open. Welcome to season six, where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a Pop-Tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions we like to hear about. Love me a sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how I leveled up my 30-year-oldness today by Cyber Mondaying myself a water flosser and a new office chair. Nice. Okay. I feel like Cyber Mondaying yeah. is a tough sentence. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Tough phrase. There's not much else happening in my life right now. So, it sounds like know. something a marketing manager at Amazon would really try be trying to get off the ground. Yeah, now that yeah. I think about it, the, the whole entire sentence of of leveling up your 30-year-oldness sounds like it was made in a lab. Yeah. 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 Well, it has big we're recording the Monday after Thanksgiving energy, and that's what we're doing. <laughs> Fair. Matt yeah. has been um recruited and brainwashed by the CIA and has infiltrated our podcast for mm. for the government now. I mean, uh, jokes on them, they could have paid any of us. Yeah. I love you guys, but there's a there's a dollar a meager sign. salary yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. And I'm glad you got good Cyber Monday deals because the Black Friday deals were practically non-existent this year. Oh, see, I bought pants. A lot of a lot of internet this conversation pants. sucks. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as we roll our tryptophan laden bodies into the final month of the year, the execs have requested we set our phasers to cheer. 2023 has been a real year of make this thing a video game here at DT exclamation point HQ. And this request has come for us to stoke that fire one more time before we close out season six of the podcast. The first half of that paragraph rhymed and the second half didn't. And I'm disappointed. Hmm. I didn't even really think about it rhyming, but my bad. Anyway, returning listeners may recall our episode from mid July episode 125 titled all's fair in love and chicken war in which we talked about shovelware for the uninitiated shovelware is a term referring to video games created quickly by studios with a real quantity over quality vibe well as the weather outside gets frightful and the fire gets just a little bit delightful I always begin to think of the silver screen variants of shovelware, seasonal made-for-TV movies. Yeah, that's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Whether it's Lifetime or Hallmark or some other studio I'm unaware of, there's Tubi now and Freebie. Tubi and Freebie, yeah, all the all the streamings and just Netflix and Hulu. There's. A lot of Garbo out there. <laughs> Endless well. There seems to be a never-ending discharge of these 100-minute, feel-good, nope. <laughs> former child star vehicles. You didn't have to say discharge. Famous for the cliche of a big city dreamer, home for the holidays, swept off their feet by a small-town hunker babe, these cinematic journeys are a quintessential part of Q4 budgets. And with that in mind, those squirrely little execs have come to us once again to ask us to adapt 
one of the schlocky movies into a playable, interactable experience. Now, at the end of my script, to you, the listener, let me clarify that I made a mistake. I forgot to tell my friends they were supposed to pick seasonal movies. That was (laughs) my bad. I thought it was clear when I said, hey, let's do a Lifetime slash Hallmark movie episode the first week of December. I figured everybody would get it. And that's my bad, I guess. But Matt, this this doesn't help you, but I understood that. But I also picked my movie after Todd and Andrew did who broke the rules. So I'm sorry. I could have picked Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever, mm-hmm. but I didn't because I respect the creativity of this show too much. The fidelity um, teacher, of what we're doing. Teacher, I didn't I didn't do the homework because I saw Andrew not doing the homework. So it's not my fault Kyle didn't do the homework. It's Andrew's fault Kyle didn't do the homework. In my defense, my answer is really, really good. Look, I firmly believed that if a teacher gives a test to a class and most people fail, the teacher did a bad job teaching. And I think in this case, I wasn't clear and I apologize. I also had a very enlightening conversation about the difference between Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies over this last weekend. But we'll talk about that in the post show, because today I have brought together Kyle, the needs of the mini Harper, Andrew Perfect Patisserie Henderson and Todd Millennium Falcon Thomas to turn a made-for-TV movie into a video game. Yeah, I mean, if anybody could draw the line between these, I'd be shocked. What's a patisserie? It's almost like rotisserie, but it spins the other way. No, it's like a it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's like a French bakery for pastries. Oh, I do really like one of these. One of us is is right. Patisserie is is the opposite of rotisserie is really funny. I love the the conceit Todd set up that rotisseries only spin one way. Well, unless you're you're in Australia and they spin the other way like a patisserie. (laughs) Millennium Falcon is throwing me. Are these bad studio, like, like low budget studios? No, I'll tell you what it is. These are three of the most expensive collector hallmark ornaments and when i expected at least one of you to show up with a hallmark christmas movie that joke was funny oh you thought got it yeah so anyway every next episode we do we'll do a hallmark christmas episode in season seven we'll do a hallmark christmas episode man (laughs) i'm feeling really good that no matter how bad my answer comes out i didn't whiff as hard as matt did (laughs) today (laughs) All right, let's get into this. What movie will you be adapting? What kind of game will it be? Kyle, let's start with you. All right, Matt. Sex, intrigue, and the value of a hard day's work. That's what players will be faced with in The Last Prostitute. Oh, Oh, shit. The latest (laughs) farming sim from the genius minds at DT exclamation point games. What is that sentence? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Players will get to play as Bert or Danny, two teenage boys who run away from summer camp to hire a sex worker who their uncle claims is the best in the world. Oh, my God. But when they find her, they learn that Loa doesn't do sex work anymore. She owns and operates a ranch. That's different. Wait, is this a, is this a, you gotta get back in the game. Do you have enough in you for one more job? 
It's not that. Okay, thank God. Rather than report the pair for trespassing, Loa lets the two boys work for her forgiveness by doing odd jobs and stable work around the ranch. But that summer, the three learn Loa's former career might not have been left in the past where she thought. Fuck. I love that (laughs) you said the phrase farming sim, which answered the question of what type of game it is, and then just sprinted on ahead. Yeah, farming sim. You get it. Well, I guess in your defense, at this point, farming sims aren't even farming sims, they're dating sims with farming involved. So who, who am I to throw stones at this? Exactly. I thought we were doing a Christmas episode today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Boy, I have a lot of questions, but none of them are specifically referring to this question number one, so I'll hold them for later. Andrew, what movie have you brought to this disaster? It's not a Christmas movie. (laughs) I can tell I you. I did not sure. expect it Grumpy to be Cat's one. first Christmas. <laughs> it's not Grumpy's cast words, Grumpy Cat's worst Christmas ever. <clears throat> I have a lot of notes. Of course you do. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Ten years ago, mild-mannered courtroom sketch artist Rachel had the nightmare of a lifetime, TM, when the ghosts of her past came to haunt her and her three-year-old daughter Mia in the form of a vindictive daycare teacher named Gabby, which was played by the incomparable Christy Carlson Romano. Gabby and her husband, Troy, were the victims of a car accident that may or may not have been the responsibility of Rachel's estranged ex-husband, Daniel. You see the thread so far? Great. Among the casualties of that accident were Troy's legs and Troy and Gabby's (laughs) young daughter, Crystal. So Why in this did you car start accident, with the legs? <laughs> yeah, you really buried the lead in, in order of importance. So <laughs> Troy was paralyzed, and and Christy Carlson Romano's daughter was killed in this in this car accident. Three years later, when Rachel coincidentally brings her daughter Mia to Gabby's daycare, the past comes flooding back for Gabby, who then hatched a scheme to kidnap Mia and convince her that she was her own deceased daughter to, and I quote, make their family whole again. What? <laughs> now, the plan ultimately backfired, and Gabby was arrested on the premises of Rachel and Daniel's Long Beach mansion, and she was never to be heard from again. And this, my friends, is the overall synopsis of 2014's Deadly Daycare, starring Christy Carlson <laughs> Romano. I, oh, my God. Okay. I just I'm not need done. to, like... Oh, fine. All right, go ahead. Just Ten go. years have passed. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years have passed, and despite Rachel's best efforts to move on with her life, she's still haunted by that night. Rachel and now 13-year-old Mia are living outside of Seattle with Rachel's new husband, Justin. Things with Daniel were good for a while, but Rachel ultimately felt like, you know, she and Mia needed a clean break. So, now we've got Rachel, new husband Justin, Mia, and then Rachel and Justin's other child, seven-year-old Caden. Rachel has made a habit of waking up nights in a cold sweat with visions of Gabby staring back at her from the darkness. And to help combat her PTSD, Rachel's been sketching out her nightmares as a way to confront them. And as a result, has a lot of weird amount of sketches of even Stevens, Christy Carlson, Romano just kind of littered throughout her bedroom. Well, at least her and I have something in common. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) It's December 2nd because, Matt, I actually did make this a Christmas movie. Oh, no. Oh, okay. 
So in an effort to integrate themselves in the local community, Rachel takes Mia along with her Bible study at the local church. Rachel signs up to volunteer for the holiday coat drive. Meanwhile, Mia meets a few other teen girls who mention there's a big event coming up with the church's youth group where all of the kids are going to stay in the church overnight on the night before Christmas Eve, a.k.a. Christmas Eve Eve. Rachel breathes a sigh of relief as this will definitely, definitely be a clean start for her and Mia. Except that feeling of relief is thrown aside when all of a sudden she thinks she catches the figure of Gabby out of the corner of her eye before the vision is completely gone. What I've created today, Matt, is a holiday thriller horror inspired by the Alan Wake series <laughs> in, which, <laughs> in which you play as protagonist Rachel as nightmares blend into reality by way of her courtroom sketches. That's right. Coming this holiday season, brought to you by Lifetime Interactive Entertainment and 2B Games, comes Lethal Lock-In. 2B Games. All right. Once again, that title... Lethal Lock-In. The people listening to the show can't hear you do the star wipe with your hands when you say Lethal Lock-In. I feel like it was implied. Question, just sure. for clarification. This is a sequel to Deadly Daycare. That's it. Sure. That's the answer to your question, yes. Is Christy Carlson Romano the one kidnapping children yeah. and going to jail? Okay. Yeah. That sentence out of context? Wild. Probably our cold open. <laughs> <laughs> Mia is the one... The daughter. Drawing scary nope. sketches that's the the mom the mom is the one drawing the sketch and she rachel. she's alan wake okay rachel is alan wake in this scenario okay i don't even know what that means is that helpful <laughs> is no. that anything who is alan wake what is alan wake <laughs> how is alan wake <laughs> why is alan wake just all right give me i know tight... one thing about the alan wake series and that is Iceman from the x-men movies is it <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody just bring it back for a second Oh, God damn it. All right, Andrew. Yeah. Give the listeners like literally the tightest of fives. What's Alan Wake? What's the game? Alan Wake is a horror thriller, uh, like adventure series where you play as protagonist Alan Wake. He's a writer. And the whole thing is like he writes stories and those stories turn into reality. And it's you're kind of like investigating the reality of the stories that you write as Alan Wake. Cool. So it's murder. She wrote. Or castle. Yeah. It's a lot of yeah. things. Yeah. Nothing is, everything's been done before and nothing is original. And that's why we do adaptations. God damn it. This was supposed to be a Christmas episode. And I, call I, I made a Christmas Andrew, episode. Andrew, in all technicality, gave you a Christmas game. Oh, yep. you're really pushing it. You're really <laughs> pushing it. This is the second episode in a row I got to bring up castle too. <laughs> makes me really happy. <laughs> All right. I didn't realize the tally marks on your back wall until just this moment, Kyle. <laughs> okay, so we have The Last Prostitute, the game. I don't think we got a title for the game. Oh, yeah, The Last Prostitute is the title of the game as well. I mean, with a title like that. Yeah. yeah. Come on. A Contemporary Farming Sip is the subtext. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Lethal Lockdown, a sequel to Lock Deadly in. Daycare. Whatever. I barely care. Todd, Rude. what's your answer? Matt, I did not bring you a holiday feel-good movie, and <laughs> I need you to know that shocked, ahead of time. Todd. <laughs> well, Matt, this video game starts with a pan-up to see a man in his late 40s sitting inside a cell, specifically solitary confinement. Ooh. We meet his eyes as a voice off-screen says, so you want to tell us how you got here? He gives a sly smile before saying, how much time do you have? His lips hold that smile, as the camera zooms in 
And then a zoom back out and you see him just a few years younger sitting at the front of a courtroom, nicely dressed. We are looking at a man named Christian Gerhardtsreiter, a.k.a. Clark Rockefeller, <laughs> the star, question mark, of the Lifetime movie, Who is Clark Rockefeller? Wait, hold on. Why does he have two names? Yeah, that's a great question that I'm going to answer in this next sentence. Go ahead. This movie is focused on the life and lies of a famed con artist, ah. you know, a wanted criminal who's lied his way into multiple identities and falsehoods, including that of a television host and a Pentagon advisor and a member of the famous Rockefeller family. And of course, into the love of his wife, one Sandra Boss. <laughs> this game, chock full of uncharted style QTEs, will follow the story of Clark as he forges his way into high status through elaborate stories in high stake moments. And then what will be great is we'll, it'll be like flashbacks with all these uncharted style QTEs of him like dodging cops and forging documents. And then it'll flash forward to him in the courtroom to show courtroom drama a la Phoenix Wright. So we got uncharted QTEs. And then in the present, we've got court moments of, Wait, of people calling present- him out. I thought the present was him. In well, the present, present he's in jail, but the more the more closer to the, the present will okay. be the not be Phoenix, the not right. as the distant, future's past, the not as distant past. Yeah, the, the future's past. No, I like that. Yeah, Todd, I have one very specific question. Is it going to ask me to say his last name again? Because it's a lot of consonants, and I can't. Um, it wasn't that. It was based on your your recanting of the gameplay. Quick time events of signing documents. Yes. Have you ever had to sign a document? Quickly, that made you think you were doing a quick time event. Here, here's what is I would say. Is that something Kyle. you encounter in your daily life? I mean, have you played a quantum dream game? <laughs> have you, have you, Kyle, ever had to like make up a fake last name on the spot as you sign a document? Maybe like changing your last name midway through. No, but that is because whenever I am forging documents, I always use my go-to alias, Rod Hardwell. So. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Holy shit. Fair. Todd, did you say Sandra Boss? That is her name. That is okay. her God-given Christian name. Cool. And she's an independent woman, and so she did not change her last name when they got married. No further questions, Your Honor. Wow. All right. So, a few things to point out. Thing number one, no Christmas. Thing number two, I... It, I didn't it's not in the listener side, but in the like our notes part, I put short plot synopsis and I would like to give a point to both Kyle and Todd for doing a short plot synopsis and Andrew for writing a script. You get no points. If you are going to ding me for not writing a script, then I will lose that point every time with <laughs> a plum. Andrew will forfeit that point every time. Yep. Andrew snuck Christmas in, so he gave himself another two paragraphs. Yeah, it's part of his handicap. Anyway, we're moving on. <laughs> Prompt two. What plot points from the movie will you include in your game? And how will the game mechanics convey the importance of said plot points? Kyle. Yeah. Tell me about the plot. No, I guess. Tell me about the plot of Last Prostitute. <laughs> yeah. So Can that be the cold open? Just that quote? That's the one I vote for. <laughs> the Last Prostitute will be a, a top-down pixel graphic farming sim. Very simple, lighthearted graphics for our game. Are you just saying words? That's our next promo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Last Prostitute opens with some exposition 
on Bert and Danny's expectations for the summer to bust out of Camp Hardwood and visit the legendary sex worker (laughs) Bert's uncle told them about. (laughs) That is the (laughs) most insane sentence. That sentence. (laughs) That sounds like a National Lampoon's movie or an American Pie movie. Yeah. No, no, it's that movie. um, It was almost... Is it almost Heroes, where Chris Farley talks about uh, a sex worker that bites the tip of his nose off? This is this is that same that same energy. Yeah, there's an Easter egg to that movie in in the oh, game. You have to God. find it though. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt, we're gonna start out with a like our first gameplay will be a break out of camp sequence where it will serve as our tutorial. Players will learn how to you know use tools, collect items, interact with the map find clues, et cetera, et cetera. The other big thing they will do here is they will have to pass a, in this case, it's a deception dialogue tree, but they'll learn you have to navigate dialogue trees to get the quote unquote desired outcome. Eyebrow wiggle, eyebrow wiggle. That sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Once on the farm, players will go through some of your basic farming sim stuff they'll be given tools they'll have to do they'll be given tasks to complete the speed and i guess quality at which they complete the tasks will open up their day for more exploring and that matt is where we get into uh some of the plot points that i haven't covered yet you see as i alluded to (laughs) loa's past did not stay in the past and there are some shady characters lurking around her ranch, lurking around town trying to find her ranch because she owes the mob, capital T, capital M, some money from her sex worker days. So players, you know, when they go into town to buy some supplies for the ranch, they may they will run into one of these shady characters and have to someone from the mob someone from the mob uh you know bowler hats thick new york accents yeah uh, italian suits you get what we're doing hey i'm walking here i'm walking here (laughs) they'll have to uh you know use their skill in the dialogue trees to shake these mobsters and how how well or not well they do will determine how long Loa can evade the mob catching up with her. In addition to using dialogue trees to shake the mob, players will also have to navigate some dialogue trees to learn more about Loa's past and, should they choose, romance her. Um, (laughs) We all knew this was coming. Of course. Come on. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like, okay. Yeah. So... Once again, as you finish your chores, you may have time to wander around the ranch and you'll find Loa's likes and dislikes and find, you know, things from her past that she may not want to open up about. But if you say the right things, perhaps she will open up about them. That's it. Farming sim. (laughs) The mob snooping around. Um, Eventually, you'll have to fend off the mobsters using a... uh, a variety of Home Alone type improvised traps and weapons made out of farming equipment. Sure. Because why not? 
Yeah, that sounds like reasonable end game for yeah a modern farming sim for a modern farming sim slash uh, yeah. romance game. My yeah. favorite part of Stardew Valley is setting traps. Yeah, <laughs> usually usually it's in year three the the bank comes for your farm, but this is in year three yeah. the mob comes for your kneecaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That is certainly a farming sim. And is I it? guess the plot of is, a Lifetime movie? Is it certainly yeah, a farming it, sim? It, yep. it definitely it's isn't both not. those things. It isn't not. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you it isn't. All right, Andrew, tell me more about your Alan Wake game. Sure. So the game begins with Rachel sitting in the courtroom. Rachel, again, is the main protagonist, the mother. The camera flips to her sketchbook as we, the player, get control, and then we prompt what Rachel draws. So it starts with only presenting one option. It's just whatever she's sketching on in the trial on screen. But after a bit, the user will be prompted to add in other details. Like, does the prosecutor have a banana or a water bottle sitting next to their table next to a stack of papers? And this is the game that's signaling that whatever Rachel sketches in her sketchbook will become reality, even though Rachel, the character, doesn't realize it yet. So things begin to pick up the night of December 1st. Rachel wakes up again with the flashes of Gabby's cold stare in her eyes, holding up a gun to Rachel while holding her young daughter close, because I want to remind you that this is the sequel to a movie that only I watched on Lifetime on Tubi <laughs> 12 hours ago. Great. Perfect. The player, the player is then prompted to sketch the outline of Gabby's face, and we get to select what Gabby is holding. Is she holding a gun? Or is she holding a banana? Now, that might seem silly. It does. But this is the bit. So if you pick the banana, Rachel will like chuckle to herself and will be awarded sanity points, get points on the sanity meter. If the user chooses the gun, however, Rachel will shudder a little bit and will lose points on the sanity meter. So this is kind of like, again, a, a Detroit become human kind of driving the narrative, right? So the next day, after believing this is when, you know, Gabby's gone to the church, we learn, we learn about the lock-in. I had to introduce that so I could give you my perfect title. After believing that she sees Gabby again at the church, Mia's like talking to her mom, Rachel, about the lock-in event. But goddammit, Rachel just can't stop thinking about Gabby. So much so that Rachel gets home and starts sketching the day of Gabby's trial when she was tried for two counts of attempted homicide. I want to once more reiterate that this is all extended canon that I've made <laughs> about 2014's Deadly Daycare. I will continue. <clears throat> Rachel will then try to remember what Gabby's verdict was. So similar to earlier, selecting guilty will award sanity points because that's what actually happened. But rather selecting innocent will take away sanity. And based on whatever the player picked, we get the flashback of the trial of the events of uh, basically she's Gabby is found either guilty or innocent based on what we picked. Okay. So the next day, Rachel arrives at the courthouse and is told by her boss that, oh God, an emergency trial just came up and it's happening in 10 minutes. Rachel walks in and she sees Gabby there <gasps> sitting in the defendant's chair and the two lock eyes for the first time in 10 years. We find out that Gabby's parole is up, and this trial is, determined, is to determine whether or not she can be released. Rachel is horrified to be trapped in this setting that is literally chronicling her attempted killer going free. Before she knows it, the trial is over, and she and CCR lock eyes one final time. Later, 
She heads to the church to help prepare for the coat drive, and all the old church ladies are talking about some new member who just got out of prison, blah, 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 you know, forgiveness and all that. Because that's how church ladies talk Because <laughs> that's how church ladies talk Recent about Recent incarcerated people that that's go right. to their church. That's right. Yeah. That's right, Todd. Mm-hmm. They do in a Lifetime movie. Turns out the new member is Gabby, which that may, this may, you know, strike you to believe who just so happens to walk in while Rachel is denouncing the idea of forgiveness for something, you know, not, uh, we can't forgive somebody when they do something really bad. Some more awkward moments. And eventually Gabby reveals to the old ladies that she has an early childhood education background to which they reply, well, you just have to chaperone the upcoming lock-in event. Rachel, of course, afraid to leave her daughter alone with Gabby again, also volunteers to chaperone. So the game itself comes to a climax during the night of the lock-in where we've got Rachel, we've got Mia, and Gabby, who are all going to be trapped together inside the church for several hours. The daughter, of course, doesn't remember any of this, so all of this is between the two, uh, the two women. This is the inflection point where it's up to the player to determine how the events of the night will unfold. Will Gabby get her untimely revenge on Rachel for destroying her life? Will Rachel finally confront the demon of her nightmares? Or... Will the both of them learn to move on and accept the meaning of Christmas? <laughs> I, oh, oh my God! Hang on. Okay. No. Wait. No. It. You. Can I? Can no. Hold on. I'm gonna take this. You. <laughs> so just to be clear, uh-huh. Andrew. Yep. None of what you just said is in the actual movie. This is all extended <laughs> canon. Well, hang on. Hang on. Wait. How can you even call it extended canon? Andrew saying it's real. This is extended lore. <laughs> this is this a is... fan fiction. I, you, I love this podcast. I love doing this <laughs> podcast with you guys. Sometimes Andrew makes this podcast about reading his fan fiction, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I did write a fan fiction about 2014's Deadly Take Care starring Christy Carlson Romano. It's, yes, it's starring CCR. A, yeah, it's, these are it all started, today. It started out as a Criminal Minds fan fiction, and he just like yeah. changed some names to make it yeah. the answer to a podcast prompt. But he's had this written since 2014. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. I'm furious. Your timing <laughs> yeah. is revoked. Um, I have no questions. What do you want, Todd? No, I'm not. I'm not mad. Well, I'm mad that he did the fan fiction. That's not what I'm immediately mad about. I'm I'm mad because it's so. No, you know what? I am good? mad about the fan fiction. Yeah. I'm thinking about Are you it. Mad that it's so good. Because Are you no, mad that it's such a good, in, don't good say that. Soci- no, exploration so, of a no, really novel no, concept of an interactive no, medium? So, Society is famously unkind to people who have been incarcerated. That is a fact. (laughs) (laughs) I do know. I do know that if you do jail time, they probably won't let you next weekend stay at the church lock in. (laughs) That's probably not something they're going to be cool with. Jail time for child crimes. Yeah. Yeah. Child crimes. (laughs) Well, that's not clear. You get you guys didn't watch <laughs> what Deadly do you mean Daycare. That's not clear. Oh, sorry, that's the only sorry. Thing that is clear. It was alleged the crimes, child crimes. The crimes were not child crimes. They were they were adult crimes. They were adult <laughs> attempted murder. You guys didn't watch 2014's Deadly Daycare like you I did. You, you can't don't keep know. Saying that that's not a good enough platform. Uh uh-uh. uh. All right, this is we're done here. Uh, Todd, please tell me something about the Rockefeller man. Yeah, no, I will. Thank you, Matt, my friend. Thank you. So, okay, if you guys or our listeners, if you've watched uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, Catch Me If You Can, this is effectively, this character is kind of that, like, cut-and-paste version of Frank Abagnale Jr. that Leonardo DiCaprio played. However, there's, like, murder dropped in here, 
And also, <laughs> the movie doesn't end with him becoming best friends with Tom Hanks. So the whole story here is that, like, the, the video game will start, again, with him in court. They, like, present the situation that's happened. And then you play from his perspective as the thing is happening before being accosted back in the courtroom of the lies and the crimes attached. So it will start with his early days leaving Germany. And it shows him just like nefariously betraying the trust of a very kind family in California under the alias Christopher Chichester before <laughs> moving on to... God bless you. Your, thank you. Before he then moves on to L.A. to ultimately join a brokerage firm after lying about having the name Christopher Crowe, who is a famous TV producer for Alfred Hitchcock Presents, which is how he got that job by mm. pretending to be that man. He ultimately is fired from that job because they find out that he has a fake social security number. Two people can't have the same social security number, and he didn't get away with that. And so he has to then ditch that job, ditch that persona, because the police are hot after him. Ultimately, settling on the name Clark Rockefeller, or more specifically, James Frederick Mills Clark Rockefeller, because why not give yourself five names? Yeah. He tricks the very kind Sandra Boss, a senior executive at McKinsey, into marrying him. <laughs> this game, the, she's the victim here. This game will walk you through these pivotal moments in tense, high-stakes settings from the, the point of view of Clark Rockefeller right up until the point that Sandra Boss gets her justice in the courtroom when she takes the stand. Okay. Oof. Um Boy, I can't believe a Christmas miracle <laughs> where we've gotten. I can't believe where we've been. I get it, I guess. I mean, I understand your game and the concept and the plot points, and I hate it less than Andrew's thing, so that's not nothing. It's something. It is something. I desperately want to be done with this podcast. I'm going to ask Matt, question you three did now. This. Yeah, you I, did this. This was a mistake. This whole <laughs> podcast, whole damn thing. It was an incident. It was Six an incident years of my ago, own doing. We made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everyone knows this question has been in the, the this question's been there the whole time. You could have read it. Everyone knows I the read magic it. of a lifetime movie happens when the main character learns the real quote reason for the season. I know what I read. How will players of your game be taught this life-changing lesson, and what will the morale of your story be, Kyle, who I have completely forgotten that we're coming the whole way back around to the last prostitute? Good God. All right, We are coming back around to the last prostitute. The moral players can walk away from the last prostitute with is some combination of... Not judging someone by their past or choice of work, former choice of work, and the overemphasis society puts on sex. With maybe a little bit of Christmases, the friends we made along the way, should you <laughs> romance Loa in the winter season of the game? Because it's still a farming sim that goes Not through Not one of seasons. these words was a prepared comment. <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. Not a single one. Players will learn that lesson ultimately by romancing Loa. Through the progression of the romance plotline, you learn these lessons that uh, your preconceived notions about sex work 
and prostitution and the overemphasis society puts on young men to lose their virginity will all be worked out by the player through the romance plotline. You know what, Kyle? Some bitch, you got me there. I tell you what, Mm. you turn this around into a pro-sex work thing and everybody else has demolished so much that I kind of don't hate your answer here on the other side. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Plus, you get to play a fun farming sim in the process. I got to be really (laughs) honest. I hate farming sims, but that's okay. Um, Wow. All right. Great job, Kyle. Thank you. I appreciate your answer. Andrew, let's just get this over with. What's the what's the reason for your season? <laughs> Please yeah, read to us straight off of your AO3 uh, account. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. The, so throughout the night of the lock-in, the player will control Rachel in her actions as she deals with the trauma of being trapped in the same place with her past tormentor. Now, by this point in the game, Rachel will have full knowledge of her Alan Wake powers. And at certain points throughout the evening, Rachel can opt to either help or harm Gabby. Like at one point, Gabby will head outside to pick up uh, pizza or something. Rachel can opt to have the door handle jam and force Gabby to be stuck outside in the cold to which Gabby will have to break into the building. Or she can draw the door handle fixed so Gabby won't have a problem. Another inflection point example is that Rachel will notice like a gas pipe that looks a bit rusted over. She can opt to draw a gash through it to trigger a gas leak or she can draw some like plumber's tape or whatever over it to secure the pipe. So several events like these will give the player the option either harm Gabby, which will effectively take away sanity points, or help her, which will award them. So the ending of the game, Matt, is triggered by the amount of sanity that the player has built up. If Rachel has done enough things to help her former enemy, she'll realize that Gabby is also just trying to move on from that horrible night, because as we all know, society is famously very forgiving of incarcerated people. And of course, the two will unite in the spirit of Christmas. If she does too much harm to Gabby, however, the gas leak will force the whole group to exit the building after one of the kids smells gas. Thinking that she's ending the night early, Rachel will be relieved until realizing that there were a few kids in the bathroom that they forgot in the panic. And that's the moment, Matt, they watch the whole church explode in flames. Holy the shit. Lesson, yeah. Yeah. Church blows <laughs> up. So the lesson of the story here today, Matt, embrace the spirit of Christmas and learn to confront the monster of your nightmares. Otherwise, you might find that you were the monster all along. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I kind of forgot that at the core of this terrible thing you've done is a game mechanic that I sort of like. And I think yeah. what I'm the most mad about is that that's how good it is. is yeah. Good. Yeah, not how good it is. No, 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 no. Let's not go that far. Just that the ending itself is good. Let me be very clear about what I said. Andrew, I do have a quick question. Sure. And this is probably more about Alan Wake than it is your actual game. You mentioned like Gabby could draw a door locked or unlocked and that aids in the is is Alan Wake just a scribble knots game <laughs> you know oh my god <laughs> that's a really good question and i kind of thought this i was like i think i just accidentally made scribble knots i haven't yeah. actually played alan wig so i can't answer that but from what i understand yes <laughs> okay good all right todd go ahead uh what is the moral of your story yeah so the moral of the story of the game of who is clark rockefeller it comes in the third act of the game, as most morals of the story do. So 
Clark's relationship uh, with Sandra being, you know, tense beyond repair from all of his constant lies forever. We suddenly see in the courtroom the point of view change to instead of everything being kind of from Clark's perspective and of Clark, we switch to see it be from Sandra and of Sandra as she is on the stand and in the past as she recounts the crimes of Clark that we committed as we played as him, only now we see them through her eyes. And though as those go through, in the end, he is given a guilty ruling and 26 years in prison. And we find out that the moral of the story ends up being that if you are a lying, evil man, that those evil man lies of yours will catch up to you (laughs) because slimy evil men in Lifetime movies are slimy and evil. And I got to tell you, Matt, the reason for the season, this court case took place in March. You know what March is, Matt? It's Women's History Month. And the women, <laughs> the women of history deserve to be recognized as such when they get their justice for when they are wronged. That's say something. I well, I mean, you're right. I, like, I'm not <laughs> everyone <gonna>, clap. <laughs> I'm not going to be a shitty Please misogynist clap. here, but wow. All right. Well, look, when I wrote these show notes, I expected to be in a much different mood at the end of this, but that's fair. I feel obligated to continue with what I've done. And to be honest with you, I'm scared to ask the super secret bonus question. Quite frankly, I'm not sure that I want to know, but I will ask it anyway. So your super secret bonus question, and I will take your answers right after the break. What D list actor or former child star will be the stunt cast for your game? And a little bonus to your super secret bonus question. How will they be included? Are we doing motion capture? Is this just a voiceover thing? I'll take your answer to both of those right after this. Hello, listener, and a very happy December to you. As we wrap up 2023, and by the way, congratulations on making it through another dumpster fire of a year, we have gotten a lot of new listeners on Spotify. In fact, we're in the top five podcasts for over 100 people, which is absolutely mind-blowing. Literally none of us ever thought this podcast would get that far. But that said, if we ended up on your Spotify wrapped, or if you listen on another app and they do some sort of end of year playlist, rundown, wrapped thing, whatever, and we were on it, We would love it if you shared that with us. We would love it if you tagged us in social media, if you emailed it to us, whatever you want to do. Honestly, we just want to know that you love us. It validates us, and we really need that. Hey, thanks. Welcome back to my own beautiful nightmare. (laughs) I asked my friends to make made-for-TV movies into video games, expecting them to... No, I meant Christmas movies. They didn't. Two of the three of us didn't. And now we're here. And the only question I have left for you is who the stunt cast of this stupid made-for-TV movie, The Game, is. Kyle, who will you be including in your last prostitute game? (laughs) TLP is what I'm reading it as. Thank you, Matt. It's the last prostitute colon a modern farming simulation experience. And our stunt cast will be playing the uncle who tells the boys about 
legendary sex worker Loa will be none other than Nickelodeon's own Danny Tamborelli. Kyle, Danny wow, Tamborelli will be wow. the the uncle. <laughs> but oh. Matt, the stunt casting doesn't end there. Of course, because it doing the voices of our two main bumbling mobsters will be two of the stars from the original 1991 masterpiece, Lifetime's own The Last Prostitute. Um, We got the two actors who played Bert and Danny in the original to come back and play our bumbling mobsters that you have to drive off. First is David Kaufman, who played Bert. You might know him best. He was the voice of Danny Phantom on Nickelodeon. Fun. The other who originally played Danny is Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton is back. Oh my God. (laughs) In the last prostitute universe um, as the second of our two bumbling mobsters. I cannot believe that you kept the fact that Will Wheaton was in the original Last Prostitute under wraps until the super secret bonus question. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Look, when you got the goods, one, when you believe in your product, you sell the product, not the gimmick. Two, when you got the goods, you save it for last. Wow, you sound like you work for the same tech company that I do. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Andrew, who is the stunt cast in your terrible fan fiction that you've written? Today. Yeah, Matt. Well, so we we just finished talking about uh, Disney Channel original movie Kid at Kelly on the premium feed. Uh, debate this cast. Nope. Uh, Patreon.com slash debate this cast. I did you it. Got it. Got it in one. Did it in one. Everybody knows that the greatest rivalry to ever grace the small screen was Christy Carlson Romano and Hilary Duff. So, of course, we're going to bring Hilary Duff back to voice the main character, Rachel. Full motion capture, all of it. It's going to be like playing The Last of Us. That's my answer, it's Hillary Duff. I would love to be a fly on the wall of Hillary Duff's agent getting this call. It's like, <laughs> I want to know well, what's H. Duffy think of this one. It's <laughs> H. Duffy. H. Duffy's on board. I just called that. That call happened a half hour ago before we started recording. So, <laughs> all right, Todd, round us out. Who's the stunt cast of your game? Yeah, so there's really only like two main characters here. Uh, it's Clark and Sandra. In the original, Sandra is played by an actress uh, named Sherry Stringfield, who was in ER and 54 and Guiding Light. A lot of things I didn't watch. But Clark is played by Will from Will and Grace, uh, Eric McCormick. So <laughs> so we're not going to bring him back, though. We need We need a different star with some gravitas. And so we went digging. And we're like, who's the it kid? Who's the it kid that we need? And that it kid is Haley Joel Osment is what we need. We need Haley Joel Osment to take the stand. Anakin Skywalker as... himself. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently as an adult, he's super in on the joke and just cool with this shit. So he's it. Now, we do still have to cast Sandra. And I think we're going to go with Jamie Lynn Spears. And this is why she deserves the W. She needs it. <laughs> she needs it. And you had asked uh, what the what the animation is going to be like. And I don't think everyone answered that question, but I'll answer that question. It is going to be just like Until Dawn, fully mo-capped. It is these actors. It is them. No question asked. 
because candidly, the whole budget went to that aspect of this this video game. Right, right. Todd, thank you for for pointing out. I did not say how they. Your time's over. My actors will Your be animated. Over? They'll be animated like a Fire Emblem game, in that the voice actors will talk over motionless stills Perfect. of their character. <laughs> it's a visual novel, and they won't. <laughs> That's have feet. really good. All right. <laughs> wow. Uh, this has gone a lot of ways. I have way more to think about than I expected, much different things to think about than I expected. But before I go, if you could just give me a closing statement. I would even go so far as you could tell me what the little blurb on the bottom of the box is that would get somebody to, I'd say, pick it up off the shelf for Christmas. But we don't buy physical games anymore. What would make somebody click this in the e-store? Give me your closing statement. Kyle, I'll start with you. Hmm. You really threw me for a loop by making me do a... A catchphrase first, a tagline first. Matt, Sorry, thank you. Could, you you could take a minute to uh, think about uh, it. I I got it. I got it for you right here. The last prostitute colon uh, contemporary farming simulation experience, and then the the script at the bottom says the last prostitute you'd ever need. Is that a thing? Feels bad. Ooh. Is, the, mm. is that what you do? Yeah, I think the like the last prostitute, a modern farming simulation experience. Tagline, the last sex worker you'll ever need to hire. Yeah. Uh, my answer is this Christmas, because this is a Christmas sh- uh, game. This Christmas, the meaning of the holiday season is revenge or redemption. Uh, and I'm going to do a similar play that'll say the reason for the season is justice served. Perfect. All right. Everybody got that. We got there together. You landed the plane. It was a rocky landing, but everyone survived. The real plane was the friends we made along the way. (laughs) All right. Why don't you guys give each other some good vibes so we can call this a day? Yeah, Andrew, I really like your Alan Wake slash (laughs) lifetime movie fan fiction. You wrote a good fan fiction. You always do. Whenever whenever you, you bring a script to one of these, they're always really good. And I would play... 10 to 15 hours of this game in a Detroit Become Human style uh, playthrough. Thanks, um, so good job. And Todd, you found like Proto Catch Me If You Can, which I think would make a really fun game. And I'm into that. So good work as well. And we all successfully didn't make it a Christmas game, thus ruining Matt's plans, which I think we all should celebrate. It truly is mm-hmm. that the usually it's us three against each other, but sometimes yeah. it's us three against the moderator. Yeah, which is yeah. The most and that's fun. that's what it was today. This truly felt like a Todd episode. Whoever whoever <laughs> wins, Matt lost. I think the spirit of the season was us bullying our friend Matt, is what yeah. I heard. Yeah, that was the real Christmas we made along the way. Wonderful, Kyle. You made a farming sim about the last <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> that in itself is is a momentous momentous achievement and then you doubled down and incorporated a dating mechanic and still and then doubled down again and incorporated a questionable mechanic where you will use farming tools to defeat the mob and i be honest i lost the thread there but holy shit that was so did i andrew (laughs) but holy shit was it funny Todd, see also, you made a game about who is Clark Rockefeller. <laughs> Equally as funny in a very different way. This was, honestly, like, yours was probably the closest to a game uh, that we got today. 
So well done for fleshing it out. Um, I like the whodunit approach. You had me at Phoenix Wright, honestly. You had me at... I, yep. You build a game that's... You build a Phoenix Wright like I'm in, baby. So great job. Kyle, I love farming sims. <laughs> I just... I love them so much. And it's just so funny because over the years, the sliding scale from like... It started as a farming sim and then farming sim with dating mechanics, then farming sim with dating mechanics and crafting and farming sim with dating mechanics and crafting and mob and an hunting for mode. treasure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you've done is maybe found the fifth gear, which is tower defense. Yeah. I think tower defense <laughs> is the fourth gear or fifth gear for farming sims. Um, so what what your answer was to me was a, a contemporary take and commentary on how farming sims have become more dating sim than farming sims. Like Stardew Valley, you can fully automate your farm at a certain point in time. You still got to go out there and romance the the hunky vet. Todd, I'm so glad you picked up on that because it was all intentional, planned from the very beginning, <laughs> sure. and I was worried none of you would get it, and I'm so glad that you did. Thank you. Yeah, no, I super did. Um, can't wait to hear you reveal what the, for Stardew Valley, when you find the mayor's underpants hidden in someone else's house, I can't wait for you to tell us what that is for the the legendary sex worker, what you find of hers that you get to throw into the community soup. That'll be fun. Um Andrew, I think Bioshock 3 is the most fun game I never played. Sure. And Death Note was one of my favorite animes to watch. And you kind of did both. Uh, a notebook that can somehow tell the future, kind of, and a person who can impact the future due to their magical powers. And I like that. It's kind of Ashton Kutcher's <laughs> The Butterfly Effect, the game, but different. A little bit. It isn't. But I love where you're going, but I love the enthusiasm behind it. It isn't because Ashton Kutcher's Butterfly Effect, the game, I'm pretty sure was uh, the game. Was a the game. Yeah. I think you're right, actually. Yeah. But no, I think it's what good. you did was you gave some like Bioshock 3 energy where like, yeah. oh, there's an emergency. What do we need? Gun to solve problem or horse to trample bad guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Horse. <laughs> So yeah, I I like what we what we did here. I Same. think we all did three very good games, and us three are the winners, and Matt lost. Correct. I feel like this happens more often than not on episodes I host, and I do not know why. I do not know why I have. I literally just ire. said this was a no, Todd episode. No, I I think I get bullied a lot in the moderator yeah. chair, but you're you're there with me. I think. Yeah. Either way, look, guys. Andrew, at the very beginning of this, said, oops, I didn't pick a Christmas movie. Is that going to be a problem? And I said, no, who cares? And that's on me. And I admit that. <laughs> Am I happy with what happened? No. Do I accept responsibility? <laughs> I guess. And with that, I am tasked with choosing a winner. And here's what I'll say. Andrew... I hate it when you write fan fiction and then force us to ingest it. And as much as I hate it, that's not why you lost today. The reason that you lose today is because the one thing that I concretely asked you to do was adapt a game to a movie and nothing yeah. in your game was in the movie. That's not an adaptation. That's true. Okay, so I need to explain why I made a sequel because I was trying to incorporate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that, are you going to fault the man for trying to incorporate Christmas? Are Matt? you going to fault me for incorporate? I absolutely am. Well, you deserve bah it. Humbug to you, sir. <laughs> anyway, that leaves me with Kyle and Todd. And 
execs be damned. I'm making this decision. I hate farming sims, and I don't want any more of them. Todd, you win today, and I don't really know why but you did <laughs> is it because is because the villain is spending 26 christmases in jail is that it i guess <laughs> anyway that's pretty much all i have for this episode thanks for listening into debate this i'm gonna take that again because i put a th at the front of debate thanks for listening to debate this you can follow along with the arguments on twitter facebook and instagram at debate this cast or on our website at debate this cast Com. Hey, I have a lot of things to talk about in the post show today, and most of them are whatever the hell this was. If you want to listen to the post show, you can do so by joining the Patreon at the $10 tier. You can get all the information about that, how to join our Discord, and how to commission a flavor text over at patreon.com slash debate this cast. That is patreon.com slash debate this cast. Until next time, I'm Matt Cole. I'm Kyle, a psychological thriller where the protagonist learns that the minorities around him are just normal people wanting to live normal lives, called Alan Woke Harper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I'm Andrew. The third entry in this franchise would be Mia's experience in high school called Killer Key Club Henderson. And I'm Todd. It's kind of like Stardew Valley, but instead of the legendary wizard in the tower you go to seek, it's it's a legendary sex worker and she lives in the woods, maybe? It's unclear. Thomas. And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. <laughs>